This is New Life Christian Fellowship's weekly message podcast. You can find us online at newlifepetaluma.org. And now, this week's message. Hi, I'm Miss Jessica, and typically on a Sunday morning, you'll find me in the downtown classrooms leading a small group of third and fourth graders. Hi, third and fourth graders. I miss you so much. Well, if your house is anything like mine, there always seems to be some kind of noise going on whether it's the TV or a conversation, the clicking of a Rubik's Cube, or the dog barking. And that got me thinking, sometimes it's hard to hear each other. How do we hear from God among all the noise? I would hear, I would hear a big thump in the sky, and then some whistles. Whenever I hear from God, it always seems like a thought. For example, when me and my sister get into an argument, there's something telling me to go say sorry, even if I feel like I didn't do anything, or I feel like she doesn't deserve it, I know it's the right thing to do, and I know there's something telling me I should do it. Um, I was going through a really hard time in school, um, and I just didn't feel like I was worth anything. So one day my dad was telling me, like, indeed. One day you're going to stand before God, and he's going to say, good job, my faithful servant. And in that moment, I just felt God saying that to me, and it was a really powerful moment. When my brothers were telling me to do something, and they were planning a heist to steal, um, like their tablets and some candy for, so they could play in the room secretly, and they told me I should do it with them, and something in my body or in something in my mind told me to not listen to them and just do the right thing, because they'll get a consequence, and they actually did get in trouble. I hear from him mostly in the night, because that's when I can like talk to myself softly and say, all right, Maria, focus. Uh, yeah, one time, we went to Costco and me and my mom were keeping warm gloves in the car for homeless people. And when we left, I saw someone that needed gloves. And then my mom didn't, so I told her to turn around. And I went over and gave him gloves. And I was really happy about it. Actually, about a month ago, God spoke to me through social media. It was really unexpected. Okay, second question. How did you know it was God? Because, um, because, um, I, I see, I don't see anybody, but, but I just hear a random voice. I don't know. I just know. I guess. It just felt like it. I knew it was God speaking to me because as I was scrolling, it was the same message over and over again. And it was the first time I really realized that it was him speaking to me in the moment. And it made me feel so emotional and excited. Because he's the only one really who can, who can totally answer prayers and he... Because it delivered a good message. I love God because it's always the right thing to do. I also know it's God because it's usually things I don't really want to do, like 
say sorry. Well, hey, new life. My name's Christy, and I have two tween teenage daughters. And one of our favorite pastimes right now in COVID is uh, taking online quizzes. How many of you love a good online quiz? Like, we love them. It's like, yes, BuzzFeed, I have always wondered, what is my inner Disney princess? Who am I? And we came across a quiz last week on how to know if you are generous or stingy. And I thought it would be kind of fun if we run through the checklist this morning and we take it together real quick. So the first question is, do you share your food? Hmm, depends what it is. I don't share ice cream, I'll share anything else. Number two, do you buy presents for your close friends? Birthdays, anniversaries, hmm. Number three, do you believe that your current situation is temporary or permanent? Hmm, sometimes I can tend to think, well, you know, that's just the way it is, but like, you know, I hope COVID is temporary. Um, number four, do you compliment people regularly? Like, when was the last time you really gave someone a good compliment? Love those. Do you give money to homeless people? Last, when was the last time that happened? Um, at a buffet, I missed those. At a buffet, do you tend to, to self-moderate or do you overindulge in the moment? And the last question, do you regularly think thoughts like, I can handle this, I can always make more money, I'll always have what I need, okay? So that's the quiz. And if you answered no to any of these questions, you might be stingy. And by the way, congratulations, your inner Disney princess is Drizella. Remember Drizella, Cinderella's whiny stepsister? Well, I think if we're honest, we all have an inner Drizella to some degree. And today we're going to take a look at what Jesus has to say <laughs> to our inner Drizella, and it's real good. So if you have your Bibles, open them to Matthew chapter 14. We're going to start in verse 13. It says this, so Jesus had just, sorry, as soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. Okay, so Jesus has just heard that um, his cousin, who was very close to him, they had grown up together, um, has been murdered. He's been unjustly executed. And Jesus is sad. And all he wants to do is go somewhere so he can be alone, so he can process. Um, and so our story today starts with Jesus in this thin, emotional space. And then the passage goes on, it says, but the crowds heard where he, was, where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy food for themselves. So I already like these disciples, you know, they're future thinkers. They're thinking, let's get these people out of here before they get hangry. 
But Jesus says, that isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up toward heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftovers. About 5,000 men were fed that day in addition to all the women and children. So I love this story because there's actually two breakthroughs that are happening in this story. There's two moments of not having enough and they both end with generosity. So our story starts with Jesus and he's in this depleted emotional space, but then he breaks out of it. And the story also starts with the disciples and they are in a depleted physical space, but they break out of it. So let's study together how they did it and how we might find breakthrough for ourselves today. Okay, so let's start with Jesus. So Jesus was exhausted. He's sad with heavy, heavy news. He's grieving for his cousin. And yet the crowd doesn't know that. They're unaware. They're suffering as well. And they need healing. And Jesus is their only hope. And the scripture says, Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. So he was experiencing emotional scarcity, but he broke through his own scarcity through his compassion for others. The word compassion literally means to suffer together. And it's defined as the feeling that arises when you're confronted with another's suffering and you feel motivated to relieve that suffering. Compassion is who Jesus is. It is part of his character. He sees us, he sympathizes with us, and his desire is always to alleviate our suffering, to heal us and to lead us forward on the path of life. And as a mom, I can totally relate to that. Um, You know, sometimes all you want is a couple of minutes to think about something deeply. And then you hear your kid in the next room who's trying to make spaghetti for the first time by themselves. And they are having a rough go. And as much as you want that moment to to yourself, your heart just kind of swells with that compassion. And you allow the interruption, you accept it, and you go help. And that's what's happening here with Jesus. He saw their need, he saw their sick, he saw their suffering bodies, he saw their wounds, and he accepted the interruption and he healed them. Compassion is a powerful force. And if you are struggling with scarcity, you can ask Jesus for more compassion. Compassion will give you the new strength that you need and lead you from scarcity into generosity. Compassion is, for others is what moves us beyond the limits of our own emotional capacity. Compassion is what God has done for us through Jesus. Jesus sees us in the crowd. He sees us suffering. He sees us in need of his healing touch. And he pushed through his own exhaustion on the cross. 
and came and rescued us because he loves us. Jesus' voice says, I don't care how much emotional energy I have in this moment. I don't care what I have to give. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what logic says. I will come for you and I will rescue you. And it was his compassion that led him to being generous towards us. And Jesus is our model for life. You know, we're not just, um, we don't just admire Jesus, we follow him, we take our cues from him. So if he does it, guess what, we do it too. So who in your life do you need to have compassion for? Who needs to know that they are loved by God so that they can find healing in their story? Who in your life needs rescue? And I'm not talking about the unhealthy kind where someone doesn't take responsibility for themselves. But um, who needs to find that relief from Jesus's healing touch? So when you feel exhausted and when you feel emotionally thin, think about the others who are desperately needing to know that there is a savior who wants to heal them and let that be your fuel for breakthrough. So one, one way that you can know if you're growing in your relationship with God is are you growing in your compassion for others? Um, is your love growing for people? Is it increasing or is it decreasing as you get older? Do you find yourself getting more annoyed with people? <laughs> or are you growing in your sympathy and in your concern for others? Do you find yourself becoming more cynical or more compassionate? And I think it's totally normal um, living a life of compassion that you feel this kind of constant tension. Like, I don't know if I can do this. This is bigger than my own ability. You know, other people can do this so much better than I can. So I better just let them do it. Can I just tell you that that is a lie? When you don't play your part, the world suffers. And so Jesus had an emotional scarcity issue that he broke through with his compassion. Okay, but his disciples, they had a different problem. They had a physical problem. They, they didn't have enough food. They're like, we can't feed all of these people. We're not smart enough to figure out how to solve this problem other than to send them away somewhere else to get food. But what ultimately set the disciples free from their scarcity mindset is the same Thing that will set you and I free. And that was Jesus's words. The disciples broke through their scarcity mindset through hearing and obeying Jesus's words. When the disciples were trying to send people away, the second Jesus said, that isn't necessary, you feed them. They were set free from their scarcity mindset. This command that Jesus gave, it accomplished two things. Number one, it put a new option on the table. Um, and number two, it gave them the confidence to solve the problem Jesus's way. So as soon as Jesus spoke those words, the disciples realized, okay, Jesus cares about whether or not we get to eat. He cares about um, our physical needs and he has the ability to take care of us supernaturally. Not only does he has the, have the power to help us, but he is sharing his power with us so that we can do the miracle for others. And this means no more looking around for someone else to solve the problem. 
Jesus can take our yes and turn it into enough. But here's the thing that we have to remember today. Jesus gives us the power to do what he tells us to do. So it starts with his command. Jesus told the disciples to feed the people first, and then they did it. It wasn't their idea. He said, you do it. And then the power came. So it doesn't start with us. It's not like, okay, God, I want to be the richest person in the world, so give me the power to do it. I wish it worked like that. The idea doesn't start with us. It starts with his command. So we don't get to decide what Jesus gives us the power to do. That's when we end up falling flat on our face because we're stepping into something that he never called us to do in the first place. So his power flows from his words. And as we step into listening and following him, he gives us the power to accomplish the impossible. So what are Jesus's words for us today? Because, you know, that's great that he spoke to those guys 2,000 years ago for that specific scenario. But what is he saying to us in our situations today? Well, Jesus reveals his words to us specifically and generally. Generally meaning um, there are some things that he says to all of us as believers, okay? Um, things like in Acts 1-8, he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So if you believe in Jesus and you have a relationship with him, this is your calling, okay? Or, or another passage like this one, the Great Commission. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you. And be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So these examples are Jesus's general, you do it words to all of us. You know, these words aren't just for pastors or super Christians. They're for all of us, anyone who wants to follow Jesus. And so anything that falls in line with his words, he will give us the power to do. So that means when you feel that scarcity mindset setting in, you roar back at that scarcity mindset with Jesus's words. So when you feel, you know, nothing could ever change, this is just the way it is. You say, I am here to tell others about the life-changing good news of Jesus that is for everyone. When you feel, you know, someone else could do this so much better than I could. You say, God has sent me, not someone else, here to do this for such a time as this. When you feel you know, I don't have the energy for this. You say, God will give me the Holy Spirit and he will be my energy. When you feel, you know, I need to be tight-fisted right now because this won't be available to me later. You say, Jesus will be with me always and he promised to meet my needs when I need them. 
when you feel, you know, I can't share God's love with others, I don't have what it takes. You say, I have been given the authority by God to love and lead people to Jesus. Don't let a scarcity mindset rule you. Run towards Jesus's words. They will set you free. These are his general words for you. And there's a whole bunch more in scripture. But, you know, he also has very specific words for you. Just you and no one else. And you need to learn how to hear those words. So I remember when we were living in LA and we were, our girls were young at the time and we were um, attending a church. We were part of a small group there and we were going through a teaching about the Holy Spirit. And one night our small group, we were talking about the passage in Galatians 5 that says, um, since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And this is the same spirit that Jesus promised to give us. Um, and our friend Luke was talking how he just really wanted to learn how to hear God's voice at a deeper level. So he said, okay, I'm going to try this experiment. Um, this week, anytime I feel like God might be telling me to do something, I'm going to do it. So even if it doesn't make sense, even if I look stupid doing it, even if it is a huge inconvenience, you know, because God honors our faith and I want to learn how to hear um, him speak more clearly. And so the only parameters were that for this were that it had to be within the guidelines of scripture. And I just thought, man, that is a brilliant idea. I've been a Christian my whole life and I've never really dialed into how to hear God's voice. And so I decided that I wanted to try this too. So that week I said, God, I'm listening to you. I want to learn how to hear you speak more clearly. Would you speak to me? And so any time that I felt like he was leading me to do something, I would do it no matter what. And so I remember that week, um, I remember doing things like taking U-turns to turn around and go um, give money to someone that I saw on the street. Um, I remember emailing a friend, just some random encouragement. Um, I remember praying for people that would just pop into my mind. I remember um, feeling God's guidance as I raised my young daughters. I remember, you know, wrapping my arms around Joel after he had a particularly rough day. All of these nudgings and ideas were God's specific words for me. And I learned how to hear his voice on a more personal level. You know, his words have set me free. Free from being kept within my own limitations free from being incompetent, free from living a life without purpose and meaning. And you know, I'm not perfect at this by any means, but God's words are freedom and they will set you free and they will lead you to places that your own feet would never take you. You know, it was this exercise that ultimately led me to hearing God call us to Canada, me, this beach girl. I would never have dreamt of doing that. And it was also this exercise that, that taught me how to hear his voice to move back to California, to new life. And today, I want to encourage you to learn how to hear his voice on that deeper level, to ask him to teach you how to hear him say, you do it, in the moments that he's calling you to step into. Because you're his child, and you have a direct line to your heavenly father. And you need to learn how to use it.
So Jesus says, you do it. You feed them. And they say, but we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. And Jesus says, bring them here. And I love this because immediately they come to Jesus with their problems and their limitations and they don't hide their inability. They don't run away scared. They don't ignore it. They bring it to Jesus. And what does Jesus do? What does he say to their problems and limitations? He says, bring them here. Bring me your problems. Bring me your limitations. Bring me your roadblocks. And he invites us to do the same thing today. Jesus actually invites us to bring our problems to him. Jesus loves us. He is more generous than we could ever imagine. He has dreams for us. He has good things planned for us. And he delights in taking care of us. So what do we do when we're not enough? We go to Jesus. We ask him for help. We ask him to give us what we need. And he is good. And he will take care of us. And he wants us to bring our requests and our bold prayers to him. Jesus doesn't expect us to have enough within ourselves. All he wants from us is our yes, our I'm available, our surrender. And that is enough because he will provide the rest. So in this story, Jesus created the environment for the miracle to happen. He told the people where to sit. He blessed the food. He prepared the food. Jesus will do the heavy lifting for us behind the scenes. All we have to do is give him our yes, our surrender, our I'm available, and that is enough to step into the moment. So when my inner Drizella is rising up, Jesus wants to call me to something better than scarcity. He wants to call me into generosity. You know, it's funny because like when it comes to teaching, I have this love-hate relationship with teaching. Um, I get painfully nervous right before I'm about to teach. And, you know, I know I'm not the most talented, world-class speaker. Um, and I feel insecure about it sometimes. And in fact, I spend most of my message prep just kind of on my knees, <laughs> begging God to speak through me, wondering what the heck I'm going to say. But the funny thing is, is that he's called me to do it anyways and even though i don't feel like i'm enough i do it anyways because i believe actually that when i speak there's another frequency happening um besides what i'm saying it's like over the years it's not uncommon for people to come up to me after a message and say wow it felt like you were talking exactly right to me i felt like your words were just for me I've come to learn that what is actually happening is that God is taking my insecurity, my not enough, and he's making it into enough. And as I speak, his spirit is whispering into people's ears, highlighting situations like marriages or finances or personal struggles. And he disarms lies. He speaks the truth. He guides people. So... After I give this message today, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. This is kind of my ritual. I will close my eyes and I will say, God, please take what I have to offer. It's all worship for you. Would you take my not enough and make it enough? And he will. 
because all he needs is our yes. And it's not just teaching that he does this with. It's every kind of insecurity, scarcity, uh, lack that we experience when he calls us into the impossible. He asks us to step into the impossible because he does his best work in the impossible. He asks us to give our not enough because he will make it enough. So what is Jesus calling you into generosity on behalf of others today? What area is he saying to you, you do it? Who can you have compassion for today? Is it a friend that you know is suffering silently with something? Is it stepping up to serve at the fire shelter this season? You know, maybe the person you need to have compassion for is yourself coming out of the lie that you don't have what it takes to live the life that God is calling you to live. But what I love about this is Jesus wants more for us. He wants something better for us than the Drizella kind of life. So when we're living with a scarcity mindset, that's a small kind of life. But when we give our yes to Jesus and we trust that he is enough, we step into a generous life, a much bigger kind of life. Let's pray. Jesus, today we give you our yes. We give you our I'm available. And we ask that you would take what we have to offer and that you would make it enough, that you would do the impossible through us today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. We hope you enjoyed this week's message. You can find more information about New Life, including contact information, at newlifepetaluma.org. Thanks for listening.